0: What's going on, y'all? James Higgs here from Infotainment News and ITN Live. Look, been wanting to do this for a long time, this being starting a podcast to go along with the with the site and go along with the other social media platforms we have. But been always trying to find the right platform to use, right? But looking for how to Get the message out to our engaged readers, our engaged viewers, how to, really how to monetize. And believe it or not, I found the right platform that's getting the job done, that's going to be easy to use and easy to set up. That platform is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. James Hicks here, Infotainment News, ITN Live. Thank you for joining me for another episode. This is going to be a good one. You know, they're all good, but, you know, uh, they, they get better. And, and and my guest tonight is uh, someone, if you're in the sports, if you're spe- uh, specifically basketball, if you're from around Sacramento, you should know this guy, right? Right. Uh, Bill Horrenda. Bill Horrenda is a NBA contributor, college basketball analyst, reporter, and speaker. Uh, He served as the Sacramento Kings insider on NBC Sports Bay Area and the Morning Sports Update anchor on KFBK. Since I last saw Bill, he has moved to Los Angeles and he now adds actor, to his growing bio and has appeared in some TV shows including SWAT on CBS. He's been in a couple of movies, done some videos and some commercials. We're going to definitely talk about some of his his acting chops uh, for sure. Uh, From the basketball and especially the college basketball scene, Bill serves as analyst on national TV and radio broadcasts covering games for nearly all of the big conferences, right? So Pac-12, Pac-10, Big 12, all of those. Born in Jersey City. He's the East Coast man as myself. He knows his way up and down the uh, the basketball court. He uh, he played for UMass. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bill Horrender. Bill, how you doing, sir?
1: Absolutely terrific, James. It's so good to be with you and uh, so happy to reconvene and hope everyone is doing well, given the uh, current uh turbulent circumstances that we're living in
0: that you like know, that, that can go all kind of ways there brother you know that that that's that just a, <laughs> a can of worms that you open but we'll focus maybe on the covid right now and and what i'll do um first of all the intro there you you got a lot of stuff going on in, in, in your life I and mean, you've got a long resume uh yes yeah. we we initially met uh when you were slinging uh it equipment right we 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 were both slinging uh computer equipment and cloud computing services at uh at a data center facility here in, in northern california and now I think you're doing what you're meant to be doing right you're 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 in sports especially basketball because your your brother's a coach you played right i mean you you are basketball so what what why the shift? Let me, let me, I guess, start with that and ask, you know, you, know, you started doing one thing, maybe, maybe you hadn't found your passion or, or, or what first, but what, what took you so much time, I guess, to, to finally get to where you are now? I mean, it, it was, was it, you know, finding the right uh, resource, finding, finding the right team to work with or what? T- talk to us about how you got to where you are right now.
1: Right, right. no, that's a great question, James. And I think that uh, everyone's path is, is quite unique and uh, I think a lot, of, like a lot of people, I'm just trying to really listen to the universe, and to be doing what you're meant to be doing. And uh, it's really evolved. I, I mean, the, the funny thing is that I was very happy in the corporate world, uh, in various sales and marketing capacities, and then I had really been away from basketball for a while. Had young kids, and uh, all of a sudden they was over at UC Davis doing radio analysis on their games. And uh, Scott Marsh, who's still the play-by-play guy there, uh, was kind enough to give me an opportunity along with Larry Swanson. And my brother-in-law, Ken O'Brien, who played football at UC Davis and then later with the New York Jets, made the introduction there. And just one thing led to another. And it's just kind of uh, funny because uh, I spent some time last week at a sports broadcasting camp virtually for kids. And one of the main themes is, never say no to an opportunity and ironically the radio analysis led to tv analysis with college basketball then i was asked to do football sideline reporting for uc davis's radio broadcast that led to kfbk and doing the radio updates there so okay. the reason why i bring that up is because if i hadn't had the experience working the sidelines UC Davis quick in and out, quick in and out. I would not have been able to, to really do a good job at KFBK anyway. Uh, so it has evolved. It took me a while. I was a late starter with broadcasting and, uh, and you know, with the acting, I, I feel like this journey is still continuing. And I'm just trying to hang on and ride the waves and, and enjoy it. Uh, so it's been quite circuitous no, no doubt but I, but it's been fun it's been fun and i I'm, I'm really anxious to see what's next to be honest
0: i love it i love it and ladies and gentlemen you, you will notice that uh mr horrenda has a incredibly vast vocabulary <laughs> i can't even begin to spell i can say it circuitous but uh that that's impressive I, that that's that's good stuff there man. <laughs> i i i gotta I give, give you that one right there uh, yeah. UC Davis, I I remember, and I don't know if you remember this, you gave me tickets to a UC Davis football game. Uh, I I took my kids to that particular game, uh, so thank you many years later. Thank you again for those tickets. But that was the one game, uh, I think you were there on the sidelines, when the power went out. Yes! It was was like the final play (laughs) of the fourth quarter. We didn't think anything was going to happen. We start walking out. As we're walking out of off the field, the lights go out. <laughs> and the, all of UC Davis is pitch dark. We don't know what's going on. Um, you, do you remember that game? I do. I do, Jay. And you know what's funny? It's, it's a good thing that that's a turf field. Because
1: <laughs> the, the sprinklers probably would have gone off if it had been natural turf, right? Uh, but I do remember that. And I think it was... I, I don't know if it was Northern Colorado, and I think Davis lost that game.
0: They did lose that uh, game, yes. They
1: did lose that game because there was a game, for, it was either the year prior or the year after, where they won on a Hail Mary pass last second. And I think it may have been Northern Colorado, the Bears, uh, that were at Aggie Stadium on Soaker Field. And it's just kind of weird how you have different matchups and there are some strange things that occur. But yeah. great memories, great, great uh <laughs> Great, time. What a what an excellent venue to. Uh, I hope you I'm sure you guys enjoyed it because it's just such a nice venue to, uh, yeah. to to watch watch sports out there for sure. You know,
0: look, I, I I went to Sac State and graduated as as a Hornet, but I, I've had a number of friends who went to Davis and. I, I love Davis. If you ask my wife, I still want to move to Davis for whatever reason. I, I don't have any, anyone living there right now, but I, I just definitely love that whole town and that whole vibe there. So uh, yeah, that was, that was that was definitely a good time for sure. Um, let's Let's talk NBA, right? I mean, that that's again, that's your wheelhouse. That's what you do. Uh, we're having this conversation uh, the evening after our local team. Put up some some nice numbers against uh, New Orleans. What was that? A uh, one hundred and forty to one hundred and twenty-five. Win- so, I guess let me ask you this: Are you focusing more on the, the 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 league as a whole, or you know, while you were here, you were obviously focusing quite quite heavily on the Kings. Are, are you still focusing just on the Kings, or are you again are you looking at the the whole league as a whole now?
1: Yeah, yeah, very broadly, James. So I look at the whole league, uh, teams, individual players, trends. So I'll do, uh, you know, it really varies, but I, I do some weekly interviews on SB nation radio, for example, yeah. uh, I'll dro- I'll pop on to KNBR in San Francisco, uh, from right. time to time and different markets throughout the country. So, uh, yeah, definitely now a very broad look at the league, but I try to, you know, especially lean, uh, you know, a little bit West coast, certainly with the Lakers and the Clippers here in Los Angeles and the Kings and the Warriors up north, uh, so it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And and particularly now with, with these circumstances in the bubble in Orlando, uh, it's been really fascinating to watch on so many different levels, right? L- literally the different camera angles and figuratively to watch uh, what's occurring. So, but the Kings today, their offense was scintillating. I mean, they were absolutely terrific. Like you said, they put up 140 points. You know, Bogdanovich came back after an anemic 1-for-15 performance in that overtime loss against Dallas and put up a career-high 35. Fox was great uh, as well with 30 points. Harrison Barnes was steady with 22. So I I was really impressed with Sacramento's effort today to come up with their first win in the bubble after a tough overtime loss to Dallas. And now this will be a test of their mettle tomorrow Uh, Playing in a back to back against a very plucky Brooklyn team who got blown out by the Celtics, but they had previously beaten Milwaukee, uh, had the Brooklyn Nets. So so it'll be, it's like anything else, Uh, you know, uh, whether it's sales and tech, uh, playing in the NBA, broadcasting, you're only as good as your last effort. And uh, that's that's what I really enjoy about all those things that, uh, that, that, we're fortunate enough to do it I mean look at you I, I love your your mantra which is almost just about verbatim to Jonathan Simmons the longtime NBA free agent stay ready so you don't have to get ready
0: stay ready so you have to get ready that's it yeah I love it yeah. I love it. um so let, let me ask you this because um, you, you're you're not in sacrament anymore you're, you're you're physically in Los Angeles talk to me about that whole move because that's that's a whole different culture change, right? I mean, I mean, Sacramento is fantastic. Roseville, where, where I'm at, is wonderful. But when you when you go down south to Los Angeles, a lot faster, right? It just just in terms of the energy that that's down there in the Los Angeles area. So, and and where physically are, are you? Are you uh, L.A. Oh, James, I, I
1: can't say that. I, I just had a security concern to paparazzi. <laughs> that's, I, really, well, that's I, true. I really, I really <laughs> can't go there. I really can't go. There. But no, you know it's interesting because uh, big the, big time
0: movie star. You know, again, you know the man, the man, and with the with the IMDb uh, page. Now, <laughs> I, I, I hear you. That's all right. I know that
1: right, man. right, right. So no, what, what what's very interesting is that uh, you know I it was the Kings insider on NBC Sports Bay Area for a season. Contract wasn't renewed uh, for a number of years. Okay. Did the morning sports on KFBK. Uh, both terrific experiences. But sports was removed from the uh, from the programming schedule there. So you know it, it was previously uh, news, traffic, weather, business, sports. Right. And I think I did that sequence correct. I may not have said it correctly. You know well, I think, I think it Other thing was weather
0: weather on the tens and you know sports on the half. Right. So, something something right. I don't. Remember. I, I, I'm, right. I'm old old Tom Sullivan <laughs> days, right? I haven't watched kfk <laughs> in a long time, but you know. Right. shout Shouts out to the old Kfk network. Uh, when they were yeah, just AM, gl- not like, not FM, you know. I'm, I'm yeah. a AM guy.
1: Yeah. 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 No, absolutely, and we'll get to music too. But no, <laughs> so basically, to move to LA is like so, uh, you know, opportunity uh, with acting, you know, uh, the entertainment mecca, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, and also personally for me, it's funny you say it about the pace and all because it, it re- does remind me it's very different than New York. But having grown up in the shadows, literally, of the skyline of Manhattan, right across the Hudson River. But like you said, born in Jersey City, my family's from Hoboken. I went to St. Peter's Prep in Jersey City. There, 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 it, to me, it, it feels very much like home in a lot of ways. I love it. I, I love the – and I love Sacramento, too. But, you know, here before the pandemic, you'd go to a park and you'd have somebody, you know, rehearsing uh, their lines, right? Yeah. And, and then, you know, you, you walk through the park, somebody's working on a dance routine, somebody sipping cappuccino and producers probably working on, uh, some o- other stuff. So from sides to music, to the whole bit, there is, there is a lot of energy and, uh, and, and it's, and it's, and it's worked out well, but I, I think also the, one of the salient points is that, you know, opportunities will, uh, present themselves, uh, again, you know, accept them, do the best you can stay in the moment, uh, Always try to do the best you can at that specific project, but oh. sometimes things don't last forever and I think it's about you know again staying ready so that you don't have to get ready and embracing some different opportunities so the acting thing has been has been fun and it's been uh i think another way to to kind of stretch your skills and, and yeah. get better and improve it and what better place to do it than uh, than than down here
0: yeah i mean so the again when I, when I was looking at some of the the, the past work that that you've done like um, on SWAT on, on on the show SWAT you were you were literally a you were calling a pickup game uh, what was it on, on Venice Beach a pickup basketball game I mean that that's there's no one else that can be typecast besides you to do that <laughs> I, I, you, you do that in your sleep so now let, let me ask right. you something this you, you, you don't go to a script reading wearing uh, that Mets had, do. You? <laughs> right. you, you can't do that, no, right? I mean, no, that, you, that that could immediately get you pushed out the back door if you wear a Mets hat down in LA. That's
1: right. Don't wear this to the audition. <laughs> when
0: you I when you know, get uh, the role, maybe you can show yeah. up. In this, but you're right. You can yeah, take a lot then, of yeah, act like, then you can you know, walk in with a little swagger and, and then wear right. all of your, your jersey and, and your your East Coast gear. But yeah, when you when you, yeah. when you go into your script reading, make sure you're wearing some Lakers or some Angels <laughs> or, or, or something like that. That's that's, that's pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. The I guess I, you know what's really front of mind is again from 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 a sports perspective and I, and I guess cuz you cuz you're living it and you you're talking about it every single day. What how is the conversations happening right now about about that whole bubble, right? I mean all of the players and the coaches and and the core staff down in Florida. How how what, what are you hearing, you know, at at, at your level in terms of how folks are really dealing with that you know i saw a story on on espn.com earlier i think it was yesterday about all the amazon packages come in all the players shipping in just just stuff like video game weights for working out uh refrigerators just, just stuff like that. how what are you hearing from the media and the press perspective about how the folks inside that area are, are acclimating
1: Right, you know, and and I think wine is another popular item, James, because <laughs> that you know really is is a reminder of home, right? A comforting yeah. thing, and and what and what have you, if that's your thing, right? I mean, we can yeah. do tea or whatever, but uh, yeah, I, I think that it, from what I'm hearing too, it's it's been you know it's still early, uh, relatively speaking, and it'll I think it'll be interesting to see how this thing evolves and and ha- as the seating games. Uh, roll on here. And, you know, you look at Sacramento, like what I have that they have four, they're about midway through, they have four games left. And then you get into the playoffs and and what have you. But I think the NBA has done a really terrific job here of proving that you can keep people safe. Because I think the perspective going into it, of course, was, you know, uh, hoping for the best, maybe expecting not the best. And, What's paramount is safety for the players, for the coaching staff, for the game operations crew, of course, the referees, safety of everyone involved. And, you know, knock wood, we saw the uh, announcement today that, again, there have been zero COVID cases there. So I I think what they're proving is that uh, in a controlled environment, uh, it can be safe. I've been impressed by by the level of play. I mean, there's been some unbelievable offense, Talked about the Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, putting up 140 points earlier today. And, you know, it's interesting, it's fun. And one of the things, James, really about the NBA uh, and acting and entertainment is that we're always learning, right? We're always learning. And I I, I feel as though you look at this and you think that defense would be somewhat ahead of offense because you could – kind of reestablish the pillars that you've built your defense on back in training camp, which seems like so long ago. But again, you fall back to the default of these are the 450 best players in the world and they will expose you offensively with their skills, right? If you're not ready, if you're not prepared. So I've been yeah. surprised by that. But uh, overall, I, I think it's been certainly a, a great experiment. I, I just hope that everyone – is uh maintaining themselves not only physically and on the floor but also uh from a mental psychological aspect that they're feeling good about things and yeah. staying in touch with family. I mean, all those That's things because because these are you know the nba players are, are people you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like they, they yeah. are people have the same uh needs wants desires challenges that that we all have and i think sometimes that gets a little bit lost but the league has done a great job, I think, on that front as well, uh, from the standpoint of, of mental health. And Kevin Love and other guys, DeMar DeRozan, have been very vocal yeah. about that. Yeah. And of course, now we see the league stepping up from a social justice standpoint, too, of course.
0: Definitely, definitely. You know, I, I, I have to concur with you on, on all of that. I mean, I think the NBA is doing things the right way, right? Just from awareness, from advocating for social justice and, and social messages uh, from the fact that they're keeping everyone safe. Again, no one can get in, no one can get out without being tested, your temperature and things like that. So uh, hopefully we'll see that in the other leagues as well, right? You know, I, I worry about football because again, that that just seems to be just a, almost a crapshoot, just a harder dynamic to, to, to control as opposed to the NBA. I mean, it just it seems to be Easier to manage an indoor game like like the NBA versus uh, you know a football team and a football league outdoor. Practice. So we'll see how that all works out. Um, I know it's early in the season, and I, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I, I can't have a an NBA analyst on 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 camera here without asking for some predictions. You know, you, you know, you, your boys down in Los Angeles seem to be trying to do something, but what? Who are you seeing, or who do you want to see uh, at the at the end of this at the end of this uh, very special season?
1: Well, well, you know what, James, I, I I'm going to stick with this. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be Milwaukee and the Clippers in the finals, and I think wow. Milwaukee is going to get it okay. done. Okay. I mean, you know, l- listen, what what the what you strive for, uh, I believe, is balance in the NBA in today's league because you have to be able to score, but you also have to defend. Uh, Steve Clifford uh, is a friend of mine, the head coach with the Orlando Magic. He says, "Listen, unless you can go for 25 a night, uh, you know, you still have to guard your position. And there are only 15, 14 guys in the league who average more than 25 a night. But when I look at Milwaukee, you know, the, the, the gaudy scoring margin, plus 11.3. I, I know they haven't been too scintillating uh, down in the bubble, but you know, a first in pace, first in defensive rating." Uh, seventh in offensive rating. And listen, we have not had an NBA champion. We've only had two, actually, in the past 20 years outside the top 10 in defensive rating, and that being the Lakers in 01 and then the, the Warriors just a couple of years ago. And they were knocking on the door of the, uh, of, the, of the top 10 in defensive rating. So I really like Milwaukee. I think they've learned from their playoff experience last year. I mean, you can't say enough superlatives about Giannis. And the reason why I like the Clippers so much is that I, I really feel as though, you know, the meek may inherit the earth, but they're not going to go deep into the playoffs. And I think they have guys that really play with an edge, uh, you know, whether it's Montrez Harrell, we haven't seen yet, uh, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams. You know, they just play with, with an edge, not to mention Paul George and – uh Kawhi Leonard and what terrific two-way players yeah. they are. So anyway, yeah. I, I've, I've been on that for a while. I, I think Milwaukee in seven over the Clippers is my uh, – and I, I love you putting me on the spot. It's got to be done.
0: Oh, I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I'm not going to put any money on it, but, you know, I'm, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm
1: going
0: to write this down and make sure I remember this at the, at the end of the season. Uh, I, I, interesting question that came up here. Uh, this is from – someone who's very close to me and I know as well, they, they're, uh, they're Syracuse fans. They are, uh, St. Mary's college fans. So they're, you know, D1 school. So talk to us about, yeah. what, do, what what do you think about the NBA versus the NCAA in terms of, uh, some, some lessons learned?
1: Yeah, Grace, that's a, a terrific question. That was my mom's name. So I'm always partial to, uh, people <laughs> named Grace. Thanks for joining us. So, I think the NCAA will learn from the NBA. That the challenge that the NCAA has is uh, being so spread out and having the budgetary constraints to bring everyone into a central location.
0: Yeah.
1: I think what they'd like to do is they would like to have games that are played. Uh, you know, when you think about it, you have your non-conference portion of the schedule. Okay, so number one, if they're able to do that, meaning that you're not going to play the teams yet in your conference, you do that a little bit later on. So I think they will limit the geography of those non-conference games. So, for example, my brother's the head coach at FDU back in New Jersey. Now, they will not go to Notre Dame, to Kentucky, uh, to Ohio State, as they have in the past. They'll play Seton Hall. They'll play Rutgers. Those teams, they usually play them. Maybe they'll go up to Syracuse and, and play the Orange. So they'll try to contain it on a regional basis. Now, I'm not an infectious disease doctor nor an epidemiologist, but as we get closer to the season, I think it'll crystallize whether or not we'll even have a non-conference portion of the season, right? We're seeing in football where some of them are just yeah. going to have conference schedules. Yeah. So uh, it's, a, it's a kind of a moving target. Uh, now, the one thing – to Grace's question is could you do an NCAA tournament in one location like in Orlando? But the problem becomes how how do you determine which teams to invite or to have there? So you can't have all 325 teams, but – and then how do you – so anyway, I I do think, though, and I apologize if this is loquacious and I'm all over the place, but I do think, though, if they – get are able to get their conference schedules completed, maybe what they do is go old school and go, listen, we're going to take uh, the 32 or 34 teams that have won the regular season in your conference and bring them to an all to a central location. And I think there you could see the NCAA okay. completely using the NBA playbook.
0: Got you, got you. And good so luck, I mean, Syracuse. Great. The great. So the the Kentuckys, the Dukes. Uh, I mean, the, those folks who would have normally placed uh, if it was if it was a regular season. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. But uh, smarter minds than me, I guess, will figure that out. But uh, that that is you know some relevant conversations uh, that that need to be happening right now. Um, let's let's, let, let's flash back a little bit uh, because. You know, sports again—it's pretty much everything that you've done. And last I recall, as well, before you kind of dove wholeheartedly into the into the analyst world, you were working with the the Positive Coaching Alliance, right? And and that you were specifically focused on their chapter here in Sacramento. What was your what was your
1: role in that? Yeah, so you know what you say. I was the executive director, and the mantra was "better athletes, better people," and basically you were looking at taking the lessons from athletics and helping student athletes uh namely grammar school through high school coaches and parents recognize you know the bigger picture so you know phil jackson says hey there's a lot uh there's a lot more to life than basketball but there's a lot more to basketball than basketball and uh, people like phil jackson uh, doc rivers dusty baker uh, ronnie lott uh, it was an amazing list of national advisory board members. And my job basically was to uh, help facilitate workshops for parents, coaches, and student athletes in the various uh, little leagues and, and youth sports organizations, as well as schools, facilitate those workshops and help raise the money uh, to do them. And we had a great uh, local board of directors made up of a cross section of coaches like the late Jim Soaker and business people who were terrific from uh, Hunter Green, who's an orthopedic surgeon, John Stone, uh, John Finnegan, who's a longtime supporter. Uh, this is Andy Beal, who started Max Preps. This is always problematic. Okay. Lori yeah. Rude, you know, you name one or a couple of board members,
0: <laughs> you got to name them all, right? You, you got to name but them but all. You, but yeah, but, see, Lawrence, but so okay. in in high school sports, you mentioned Max Preps. Again, everyone who's an athlete or or a parent of an athlete, they know. Okay, I I know that that that's my kid's right. uh, uh, highlight reel. Right <laughs> there, you go. There
1: you go. Right. So yeah, so you know what, Jeff, that was a great experience, and that, that was a good opportunity to uh, to kind of support what I'm really passionate about, and kind of leverage uh, some experience in marketing and sales, and and I I also we had great trainers, uh, Ron Nochetti, Joe Thomas. Ruben Nieves, we had terrific trainers on uh, feet on the street. I delivered some workshops as well. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a great it was a great experience. And then I, I kinda left there to go to NBC Sports area as the King's insider, uh and, and was working media full time at that point. Cause I I started okay. to do the K F B K which was an early morning deal, you know, the I was, you know, five AM to nine AM was the uh was my KFBK right. okay. shift, if you will. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I caught you every now and then because, you know, again, 5 a.m. is just I, I'm I'm the night owl. right <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't do the 5 a.m. then. But I will say if you can get in touch with uh, Mr. Dusty Baker, a uh, good man. Uh, he's got the Baker family winery up here in Elk Grove. I would we would love. Really? To I didn't know that. Show, so there's yeah, a plug. You yeah. know, call, call Dusty up. Yeah, yeah okay. he's back I, I know in. he's I know he's coaching in Houston, that's okay. Right. You know, right. You know, the family is up here and if we can get some of that Baker family wine, I'm not going to turn it down.
1: I I got to go. deliver. I got to deliver. See, that's you, my biggest You, you, you got to bring that in, game. man. You know,
0: there it is, that's man. Right. We we, we got to get something good out of 2020, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, any, any more movies, commercials? I told you, I'm, I'm not gonna let you just slide off of having this IMDb thing on and not. Uh, what, what was that movie that you 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 played the uh, the minister in, where you, where you did the spring, did the marriage ceremony? Spring Breakaway. James, All right, so was the name I, of that, and yeah, I, did, I didn't watch yeah. the whole movie. I, I, will, I, will, <laughs> I will, I will, I will admit that looks like something that it's just not something I will, but. I'm proud of you. Talk, talk to me about Thank that. You. I, how'd you, how'd you land that? You know, where were you in, in a, in a coffee shop, in a peach somewhere or, or what, in a coffee shop? And they said, this guy right here, has got <laughs> the face. Let, let's make him the, uh, the, the minister of ceremonies in, in spring break.
1: Right. Well, no, you know what, James, it was just one of these deals where, uh, my agent, uh, presented the opportunity to me and, uh, I think she probably had a relationship with the director uh, of this film and, and the, casting dire- the casting director as well. And it's like anything else, uh, the ability to demonstrate your work on your reel, it just kind of builds. Uh, so, and, and also, you know, acting is is one of these deals where you just cannot take it personally. You are you could only do the best that you can do and let the chips fall where they may, because yeah. uh, it, it can be a, a, a very persnickety analysis, right? As far as height, weight, all of these things. And, and someone could look at you and say, Hey, this guy would be great. You know, they always say, oh, well, I like him, but I, I have someone else in mind who I think could carry this and do a good job. So, uh, and you know Jenna Fisher who played uh, Pam in The Office, has a, a terrific book uh, called The Actor's Life, and uh, she says, you know what? You know if you're good. Now I'm paraphrasing, but she says, you know if you're good. If you if you're good, you know keep, keep going. And uh, there's a lot of it too. There, Joseph Perlman's a great acting coach down here in Los Angeles, in Hollywood, and he's like, you know, the camera's going to see what it's going to see. So that's kind of a visual that kind of gets you over that hump of, well, you know, being concerned about what people are going to see. And, you know, he says great actors. know uh, it's great because they can feel it. Mm. You know, was it fun? Did you have an impact? Was it effortless? Did it feel like you? And those are, you know, the four, uh, kind of criteria to judge whether or not you're, you're doing a good job. So. I
0: love it. I love it. I don't know if that makes sense, but
1: Joseph Perlman, he's, this guy is, is absolutely brilliant you know absolutely brilliant
0: well you know you start dropping names Jenna Fisher from the office and everything you know everyone knows that so we, we know you're definitely part of the the in crowd now uh, <laughs> uh, the the, the, uh, the Los Angeles in crowd love that, love that.
1: well you know what James I, I listen full disclosure I bought the book
0: so uh, <laughs> she didn't she didn't just send it to you right yeah you, you okay well it's okay all right right you know exactly
1: yeah. so I just I just you know how it goes. I don't want to be uh, – I've been guilty of hyperbole in the past, uh, so no one would be surprised. But I, I just love her mantra of, of you know, you being enough. Yeah. You know, just be yourself. And, uh, you know, I also – you know, I think that's one of the things about the pandemic that uh, it, it's – I think people have had the opportunity maybe to take a step back and learn and listen and, and, and hopefully get better. Uh, and I picked up the uh, 85% rule from Hugh Jackman, who was a guest on Tim Ferriss's podcast. And basically, the 85% rule is that you should go at 85% uh, and your results will be 120%. And they picked this up from Carl Lewis and they couldn't understand. They broke him down on tape. And they couldn't understand why he started so slow but then accelerated and and would blow people away. And basically what they noticed was that at a certain part of the 100-meter dash, the other participants would be straining and straining and straining. And Lewis's stride and his mechanics, the fluidity, was consistent. So basically he was going at 85%, but he was getting – terrific results yeah so anyway so i I like you know to just the whole learning process and then having the opportunity to incorporate it and and present it but of course and we can get into this james just from the standpoint that now it's 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 a very tough time in hollywood because very few things are shooting but that doesn't mean you can't improve uh and and i think that's what a lot of people are, are are trying to do right now is really stay ready because when it does come back, it'll probably be a feverish pace because I think there'll be great demand for new content as everyone has uh, kind of gone through a lot of stuff on Netflix, Hulu, and what have you. So there'll probably be demand to get a lot of a lot of stuff out there again.
0: Yeah, we, we've been binge-watched everything that there is. Uh, there is nothing else yeah. left for us to watch. We're, uh, we're watching <laughs> uh, Yellowstone right now on Peacock. Uh, gotcha, which, yeah. Which is not about... Yellowstone. It's not about the, the the national park. It's so if you go into a thing and it's it's a it's a documentary or like a National Geographic kind of thing. It's not that, but it's it's a really? great show. It's it's a good show in and of itself. Um, but yeah, there there are a couple of things that that, that we've watched uh, on you net know, Netflix, Peacock, uh, Hulu, and things like that. And it, it, it's time to get outside. So so hopefully yeah you know, following the science, hopefully things will come to a head to where we can get back out and and get back to some normalcy. Uh, That's me trying to use a big word like you. I don't don't even know. (laughs) I I may have had too many consonants in that, to be honest with you, but uh, normalcy. Um, But, you know, probably not going to happen until next year. But No, that was delivered
1: flawlessly.
0: I, I, you know, I've, for, for 10 years, I've tried to just, just match the, uh, the source of, uh, Bill Horrenda and, and it's just, it doesn't work. Uh, well,
1: know, you, everybody's uh, got, you're enough, James. Like Jenna Fisher says, you are <laughs> enough. You're more than enough. And that's what we have to do, right? We all have to find our, our niche and our, uh, in our flow and I our flow, that. our, our good, good energy and everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that. So what, 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 what you got going on next, man? Um, you, you're, you're in Los Angeles. You're, you're not going to to Florida, which is which is good because you're going to stay safe. You're going to stay at home. Uh, what what's what's the the week look like for you coming up? Right. I mean, you probably got some some some, some analyst work to be to be going on and, and doing because just the, the seasons in, in full swing. Um, what what's next? Short term, mid term, and then long term for for Bill Horrendo.
1: Yeah, sure. You know what, James? So, so short term is really. Uh, continuing to dig in on the uh, on the NBA and what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes a variety of, of – uh, I think it's a variety of things that, you know, I'll look at. You know, I'll, I'll watch the games, of course. I'll look at, you know, numbers and data and analytics. And, you know, for example, we talked about uh, being in the top ten in defensive rating and that being so important. And, you know, there are only four teams, Milwaukee, the Lakers, Boston, and the Clippers that are in the top ten in both – the defensive and offensive rating. So sometimes you can try to narrow down who may be your NBA champion by looking at that, right? If they're only two out of last 20 years, uh, not in that top 10 in defensive rating, but you know, Toronto is 11. So knocking on the door, but anyway, I digress. So a lot of what I'll do now is staying focused on the NBA. And uh, like I said, I, I like, I have Sunday night. I have my weekly appearance on Dave Smith, Smith show on SB nation radio. And so just kind of understanding the trends in the game and what what's going on and what have you. I host a podcast. Uh, I had Gordy Chiesa on recently who is the, uh, radio analyst on the Utah jazz, uh, pre-half okay. and post-time show, but he was Jerry Sloan's, uh, right-hand man, his assistant coach for many years in Utah. He's brilliant. Uh, and so I'll host that podcast from time to, t- from time to time. And, uh, Gordy was the, the last guest that I had. So I'm due to uh, produce uh, another podcast there. And then, you know, uh, the auditions are random and come in sometimes when you least expect it. And those are being done. You know, I'll throw a, a, the backdrop up and uh, get after it. Get, get the yeah. size and get, 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 get that. So that's always kind of like a, a constant. But shooting is tricky right now. You know, there's, there are some voiceover opportunities. So it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a hodgepodge right now, and it's a little a little choppy as to what will be uh, what will be next. But I had a great week last week ho- helping uh, kids at uh, the uh, sports broadcasting camp that is run by uh, Tim Capshaw, the Brooklyn Nets radio analyst, and uh, a bunch of uh, uh, Dave Popkin who does Seton Halls. Uh, color commentary with Gary Cohen, who works for the New York Mets on TV. I had a great time with that. So there's likely going to be more virtual uh, public speaking classes and and sports broadcasting uh, opportunities that I'll be working on, whether that's in a group setting or uh, in one-on-one. So that's kind of my three things. It's like the NBA, some auditions, and then thirdly, uh, not in any particular order, uh, perhaps helping more, I won't even say just kids, but people with uh, communication skills from, from uh, you know, public speaking to some communication stuff as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. You are, you are not settling in. You you are staying busy. So that that, <laughs> that, that, is, that, that is good stuff. Make sure that I get those links of your podcast. I, I've already got your, your YouTube channel and all that. Cause I want to make sure to put those in the show notes so folks can stay in touch with you. Uh, and, I, and I know you're on uh, other other means of social media, so we want to make sure that folks keep in touch with Mr. Bill Herenda and and all of his exploits. And sure, can, so 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 you can name us kind of in in the acceptance speech uh, <laughs> as as you get that Tony or Emmy or you know wh- whichever one of those those awards that you're you're going to get uh, in the very near future for sure. Um, Bill, thanks. Absolutely, James. No, no, James, I, I, pre- is, I appreciate but, you, brother. Oh,
1: well, me too, James. I appreciate you and uh it's so great to reconnect and uh yeah. I wish you and your audience all the best to stay safe and well and uh yeah, I, I, I look forward to continuing to peel the onion here. I know there's a lot <laughs> more in front of in front of uh, both of us yeah. without a doubt, oh, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah,
0: you know, I I I purposely left out cuz we can go and talk for hours about uh old school r&b old school soul look ladies and gentlemen bill horrenda knows he knows his uh he's got his discography down he knows ashford and simpson and (laughs) and and um you know bill withers and stevie wonder he he can recite every lyric from uh from from all those albums so we will we will definitely have that for another day where you come back and we have those conversations for sure I, I would love it, James. I would love it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. But I appreciate you. Bill, be safe, folks. Uh, thank you for tuning in again to another episode of ITN Live. I am your host, James Hicks. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Mr. Bill Arenda. You guys be good. Peace.